Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. Will rising inflation and low inventory levels bring the good times to an end? Hey, everyone. It's uh, Ryan Dash here with the Vancouver Life Real Estate Group. I'm here with Dan Rattel, and uh, today we're going to look at a bit of a uh, national economic outlook on, obviously, a focus on uh, on housing here, but uh, really trying to make sense of uh, the inflationary pressures that we're seeing in the market, along with uh, the continuing inventory uh, spiral that we have. Uh, it seems like we harp on this every week, um, but it's unfortunately the leading cause of just about everything that we are uh, feeling in today's marketplace. Um, so Dan, why don't we start with uh, kind of a, a broad economic outlook, and then we'll kind of jump into the regions. We'll look at BC, Toronto, Alberta, and uh, Quebec as well. Safe to say, I, I think we're definitely feeling a, a palpable shift in, in, in consumer confidence overall. We've had this you know, 18-month uh, run-up of excessive house price increases and, of course, all of this helicopter money from the government. And everyone's been kind of getting wealthy off of this. Um, you know, we're now seeing excess household savings nationally at almost a quarter trillion dollars. And, and households, you know, they're still saving something like 14% of their disposable income. Uh, for reference, pre-pandemic, that number was sub 2%. So people still are saving a lot more than they were two years ago, and they have a lot more money than they were two years ago, on average, nationally. Though, again, this is starting to waver. Um, obviously, we're talking about high inflation numbers. You know, last reading was 4.1%. And this is driving up the cost of living, namely households, of course, uh, fuel and food are sort of the, the top three uh, headlines that you're going to hear about right now. So yes, the, the, the pendulum is starting to swing the other way. I think the good times are starting to slow down. Um, it's been excessive for too long and it should be slowing down. And of course, we're starting to see this across the nation. Um, a lot of people, of course, still haven't gone back to work, right? And, and and why would a lot of people, when you can sit at home and make more money, just cashing those lovely government curb checks or SERB, excuse me. <laughs> um, but businesses are hurting from this, right? It's hard to get a lot of people back to work right now. Uh, we are seeing businesses having to entice employees to come back or for new employees. And a projected 2.6% wage increase is projected for 2022 to help bring people back to work. Yeah, I think one of the things that's important to talk about when it comes to inflation, and maybe one of the reasons why we're we're seeing um, inflation in the marketplace, lo and behold, I mean, when you went through the pandemic, I think that 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 obviously scared a lot of people, right? So their their mentality is now to kind of hoard more cash um, because of the unknowns of where the potential uh, pandemic might go to, right? And a lot of that 14% that is now attributed to almost a quarter of a trillion dollars. When you were looking at pre-pandemic levels, that means a quarter of a trillion dollars there and abouts would be back in the economy. So if we're all holding on to the money, 
And it's only going into things like assets, right? Bonds or, or homes or something to that effect. That's a hedge against inflationary pressures, which is honestly one of the smarter things to do with it. Um, it, it, it does put pressure on inflation because we still need more money in the system. So M2 money supply will continue to be printed and continue to be pushing and pushing, you know, devaluing, if you will, every single dollar that we have, because the vast majority of this money is being held on to by Canadians and not being put back into the economy. That's why we're having to see things like wage increases and, and trying to bring people back in and restore some of that um, consumer confidence, right? Of course. And, and um, a big question there then goes to the bond markets and how they're going to react to these inflationary pressures. Um, because it's basically the bond yields that help set these like fixed mortgage prices. And any increase in these uh, yields from bonds flow straight through to the mortgage market fairly quickly. Um, with bond yields up around from 0.4% in February up now to about 1.1%. Um, you know, this is obviously leading to fixed rate mortgage increases at your major, major lenders, mm. um, which is obviously pushing people to uh, variable mortgages. I think they're upwards of 50-50 uh, right now, which is uh, a big increase from where they were pre-pandemic. That's right, yeah. Um, okay, so that kind of gives you... Uh why maybe we feel uh, it's a high level overview, but why we kind of feel the good times are the sentiment is changing in the marketplace. And I think that's important to recognize, right? And that consumer behavior where we're holding on to cash, we're not spending it, you know, that, that it leads me to feel like there's more fear than there is, you know, greed in the marketplace right now. Yeah, there's, there's more talks of things being more expensive and that interest rates are starting to climb, at least at the major banks, you know, with your fixed mortgages. Um, Bank, Bank of Canada rate, you know, it's going to go up at some point. So we've gone from, you know, 18 months of everything getting cheaper to now we've sort of hit this bottom in a sense and now things are getting more expensive. Housing, yes, up the whole time, but cost of living is now starting to increase greatly and at a higher pace than we've seen uh, in about 20 years. So yeah, sentiment is changing and um, forecasted for this to trend likely the same way. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see, you know, 25, 30% rises in prices next year. Uh, I just don't see that. Um, I think you're going to see that begin to taper here. We'll start to see interest rate hikes um, around the corner, especially if inflation continues to do what it's doing. Um, there, are, I mean, inflation for you know large part, we do need to mention there is a transitory effect right now in inflation, meaning uh, we're trying to get the economy back rolling, right? So how much of this four plus percent of inflation is real inflation? I think we have yet to see, but um, you know, it's on everyone's mind. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and it's uh, the people who essentially run the interest rates, Bank of Canada, that are saying it's transitionary. And the funny thing is, you know, they can say that for as long as they like. That's right. right. There's, there's no set time. Is it transitionary for six months, six years, right? Yeah. There's, there's no real cap. So again, uh, yes, we're in transition, but uh, aren't we always? Yeah. So let's, uh, let's maybe start looking at... Um, some BC uh, stats and Toronto stats. Uh, we'll start with BC. Um, so year to date, uh, BC residential sales dollar volumes are up 81.8% to 90.4 billion 
in sales compared to the same period in 2020. Um, residential unit sales were up 52.4% to 99,182 units so far. Well, the average MLS residential price was up 19.3% to 911,000 in change. Dan, you want to touch on Toronto? <laughs> well, I want to add <laughs> a little bit more to that? that. A little bit, yeah. I mean, see, seeing dollar volume up 82% year over year is is tremendous. Or sorry, year to date over year. And yes, there were a couple months last year uh, that were shut down, right? Namely, March, April, May-ish. Uh, but still, to bounce back to that level is, is just uh, incredible numbers. And also, to be at $911,000 for the average BC home now, like it could only take until next year or early 2023 when we're going to be back here saying oh the average bc home just crossed one million dollars yeah it's not yeah. that far away and that's sounds a bit ludicrous to come off of my my lips here but that's um that's the trend and that's the reality bc homes are about to be a million bucks on average on average yeah and um you know it's to that point i made an offer yesterday with a client uh we're looking for a town home in langley <laughs> uh, both homes uh, sold in around eighty to a hundred thousand dollars over the list price. Um, there were two homes, uh, two townhomes for sale in in the Murrayville area that we were looking at, and uh, um, between the two homes, there were eighteen offers, nineteen offers that were made on both homes Jeez. combined. Uh, so there's still 17 families out there looking for townhomes, and there was only two of them in Murrayville on the marketplace. Uh, so yeah, I mean, um, it, it's a, it's a we have a massive supply issue, um, and and these numbers are speaking to that, right? And yeah, it, it's crazy because if you can believe this, in January of this year, that very same townhome was selling in and around $630,000. It is now selling for $790,000. It's still happening that quick. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. The pockets um, that are still seeing these massive year over year gains. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a, a local sort of look at things where prices in particular for a townhome in that part of the neck of the woods was up 22% year over year. Okay. <laughs> uh, tough. It is tough right now still. Okay. Uh, let's look at Toronto for a second here. Toronto heating back up and, and funny how similar Toronto acts from Vancouver, right? We talked about this uh, on our last cast as well, seeing that uh, things had kind of leveled off, at least price-wise, starting back in about May up until September when things took off again. So, you know, shortage of listings, but sales are increasing. Um <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Home sales up about... Uh, 0.7% last month, and again, is the first increase we've seen in sales since that March peak. Um, overall, sales are down about 18%, though, from the record highs. Uh, but what's noticeable is the growing disconnect between condos, 416, uh, compared to the lower-density 905 detached homes. So it's more evidence that the shift is going back to the big cities, just like we're seeing here in Vancouver. The pendulum swung out to the suburbs and now it's swinging back into condos. Um, so much so that condo sales were the highest on record for the month of September in Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, while new listings were down more than a third, 
off the record levels of last year, but uh, they're well below normal, quote unquote, for this yeah. time of year. <laughs> yeah. um, as a result, active listings are plunging in Toronto down nearly 50% year over year. Holy cow. And close to a 60% decline in condos in the downtown city of Toronto. Um, Crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, and this, <laughs> this number is, is terrifying for those who track months of inventory. We Toronto just set a new record. Um, there is one month of inventory in Toronto. <laughs> uh, this eclipsed the previous lows uh, that we saw back in 2016. And we, you know, if you were paying attention to the market then, you know how uh, incredibly active and, and what the prices were doing in 2016. Inventory is now lower than it was then at one month. And um, for reference, again, you need about five months of inventory to be in a balanced market. Yeah, and that's down, that's down from, I think it was 2.2 months of inventory the month before that too, you know? So it's like, it, you know, it's, it's a huge jump downwards. Um, and I, it's kind of, it's, it's scary because all that's going to do is put upper pressure on price, right? And just less and less of a scarce product that is in high demand, um, you know? Uh, we saw that. We saw yeah. that. I mean, the HPI jumped two point two percent just last month in Toronto, right? And, yeah. and and similar to Vancouver, that's the the biggest improvement since March. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The yeah. last so. last last thing we'll say about kind of Toronto here is that the rents um, have more or less appeared to stabilize, and I think that'll be the case across the the nation. Uh, the vast majority of international students have arrived. Uh, they are going to school now. So while we did see. Um, you know, a 0.8% increase this month in terms of rental values going up. Um, I do believe you're going to start to see that uh, begin to taper, um, which is at least some good news. <laughs> um, so if we look at uh, actually particularly Vancouver home sales here, um, Vancouver fell by 14% in terms of its actual year over year uh performance in September. Um, largely, these declines were found in the single family segment, um, where transactions were off by nearly 25%. Um, do feel this is largely the case because there just simply is no uh, good supply of single family homes. And the cost of those single family homes is now so high uh, that people are looking to other things like condos and townhomes, much like we just touched on. Um, condo sales, for example, they hit uh, new records. Um, and this is just a sign that, you know, affordability is one of the leading indicators here. Um, new listings were down 19% compared to record levels in 2020. Um, and that's helped push active inventory down 30%, which is a, a new 20-year low. Um, that's, that's some pretty crazy numbers. Let's uh, have a look at our neighbors to the east here now in Alberta. So Alberta, you know, as we know, they've been pretty flatline price-wise for almost a decade now. Um, but they're they're playing a bit of catch-up. And I think maybe what's happening is a couple things. Um, you know, they, they're kind of attracting a young, educated workforce. Um, they've obviously got cheaper or far more affordable housing right now. And that goes, too, with the, the commercial space. It's very, it's becoming more enticing, if you will, for 
employers to, to look to Alberta uh, for things like office space, commercial space, and so forth. Um, and even, you know, the ener- energy sector is coming to life a bit here um, and, and has a chance to turn around. So looking to that province, um, very interesting to relate it to the other provinces in their year-to-year home sales for the month of September. Uh, Quebec dropped a lot, 28%. Vancouver, as Ryan just touched on, dropped 14%. And Toronto was down 18% in sales volume. In the same month, Calgary and Edmonton were up 13%. Um, So, you know, obviously people are starting to pay attention now to that province for the first time in in quite some time. And um, sales were not just, you know, higher compared to 2020. They actually came in at the highest September levels in over a decade. Mm -hmm. Understandably, that should mean prices are going up, and they they are a bit. Um, HPI price, the home price index in Calgary, 8% year-over-year, with uh, Edmonton trailing at about 5% year-over-year. Though, they've got the pressure behind it, and Mm -hmm. uh, we believe this upward trend in prices in Alberta is going to continue to run for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's kind of a, a perfect storm for a turnaround. Right, you've got um, you know you've got uh, commercial spaces that are 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 cheap and easily accessible for startup companies, right? And and I think when you mix that um, you know with with affordability, um, you know it's kind of set at a, at a lower bar, so it's kind of got what feels like some some room to run, um, which I think the province desperately needs. <laughs> um, it's the it's like the black swan compared to the rest of Canada, right? When it comes to real estate, so um, nice to see some um, some price action there. Uh, when we go over to Quebec, um, Quebec is uh, really feeling um, the supply issue here. Um, sales across the province were down twenty eight percent, as Dan just touched on. Um, this is including a thirty one percent decline in single family sales. And in particular, in Montreal, is down 37%, which is just a staggering number. Um, active listings are down also another 29%. This is almost 70, down 70% in the last five years. There's just, there's just nothing to buy. <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess the, on, on the flip side, house prices are no longer surging um, 40% year over year. <laughs> The gains are still solid, though, um, coming in at 17% year-over-year for condos and 16% for, for single families. So still some, some, some huge numbers here um, coming out of Quebec um, and really not a very good buyer's uh, market there. Terrifying buyer's market. If you've got a home, it'll be easy to sell, but good luck trying to find anywhere else to live. <laughs> There you go. So a uh, quick little update here on our local market. Uh, sales trending inwards of around 31 to 3200 for the month, uh, but inventory is continuing to drop. Okay, We ended up uh, the end of September with about 9,500 listings. We are already down to 9,364 today. So inventory continues to dwindle away. It is only getting harder and it's only getting harder nationally. Um, This has been the trend for years, but it has been accentuated in the last uh, six to 12 months or so. Um, It doesn't look to change, uh, you know, anytime soon. The, The appetite is still far more ferocious than the people looking to sell. Yeah, I think it's important that we note that like, you know, when we say that the good times are coming to to an end, 
we mean like, you know, those March numbers, the, the, we're not going to be seeing those kinds of, of growth numbers anymore. We just don't have the supply on hand to allow for that to happen. The other thing is with inflation in the market now, it is possible this sometime next year, you're going to see some interest rate hikes. I mean, major lenders are already in the, the favor of doing that, right? So hopefully that will taper some of the price increases that we're seeing um, and, and maybe allow for some cooling in the market. Um, but generally speaking, when we just have such low inventory, I think it'll still say, still stay Sorry, far above the 10-year averages. Um, it's not all of a sudden just going to get better, but we'll see what happens with interest rates. That's it for us this week. Thanks so much as always for watching and listening. Please subscribe if you're getting some value out of this, and we look forward to seeing you uh, next Saturday morning. Have a great day. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.